Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley and Alex Yankovic. What's up everyone? Welcome to Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. We are thrilled to be with you for another incredible episode this week. We are joined later by a very dear friend of mine, Erica Day, who has an amazing story combining both her passion for dance and her journey going back to school over the pandemic. So stick around. You won't want to miss that. In the meantime, let's make sure that we're staying up to date with each other. You can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. While you're there, be sure to follow our friends and sponsors, our partners over at Inside Dance Magazine. You can find them at Inside Dance Mag. Lastly, we would love, love, love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions, comments, thoughts, feedback, anything at all, please please feel free to write us at our email. It is insidedancepodcast at gmail.com. Last but certainly not least, please help us out. We would love to get to know you, get to know your friends. And how do we do that with reviews, with comments, with subscriptions? So make sure you're keeping up to date with us on all streaming platforms. Make sure that you're subscribing so you'll get those notifications every time we drop a new episode. All right, Alex, how are we? Wow. Very sore. I feel like the theme, <laughs> the theme of the week is just very sore. But all, all great things. I mean, it's pretty crazy. You and I have been dancing for so long. Um, I mean, I'm going on like twenty. The beginning of time. <laughs> yeah, 20, 24, 25 years, and I still learn new things. Yeah, you're. It. And like new muscles that you think you're like, oh, cool. I got this. Like, I know. And then you're like, oh, I didn't know that could be sore. <laughs> I didn't know there was a bone there. <laughs> right. We are so, so blessed. And like, even just mentally and like uh, my confidence as a dancer and other things I can be working on. It's just crazy how much there is to learn out there. And um, I just got off of an intensive this weekend. So I'm like very, it was like, I love it. Six hours a day. We're getting very, deep. Very deep. <laughs> Um, mentally and physically. And it's just, I'm just so thankful that we have this art form where we can dissect it. Like there, it's never, you never, it's never ending. It's never ending. How blessed are we to have that? I feel like a lot of people, it's like, you know, things are A plus B equals C and, and you feel like you kind of hit a threshold, but with dance, like you can always move that glass ceiling. Yeah. And it's just so, it's so cool. I know I'm speaking very evasively um, just because I, I am, but yeah, how are you, how are, how are you doing? <laughs> no, I love that. And honestly, I think it's a, it's a beautiful reminder that we all have, um, or that we all need to remind ourselves of is just how incredible this art form is, even though there's highs, there's lows. Um, it really is an opportunity for never ending growth. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. So, um, I'm also sore. <laughs> no, we just went. Um, I'm so excited that shows are coming back to Las Vegas. Um, I went back to rehearsal today for Cirque, uh, for Beatles Love. Not today, this week. Um, and I'm like, my heart is exploding. Just being back on stage and walking back into the theater. It really, it was emotional because it's right. like, you know, we talk about those pinch me moments and like, you're trying to like keep it cool and be like, oh, you know, it's fine. But also I'm like, <laughs> kind of tearing up. I'm like, this is what we've been waiting for. And this is a, like their whole slogan is intermission is over. And it really, it, it, it's just a powerful, powerful feeling to return back to this art form and, and what we love doing and feeling yes. like I have purpose again. So, but that being said, I'm so sore. <laughs> I forget yes. how hard dance is. And luckily they have an amazing, um, uh, coaching team over there that's got us on a regimen um, to get I'm back sure in everyone, shape and fit. But I'm sure I'm everyone like, came back with beards. Totally, yeah. I have and a beard. Now. 
our listeners can't, <laughs> you can't hear my beard. What? You can't see my beard. You can't hear it either. But um, yeah, for the show, obviously we have to be clean shaven. So I'm like just trying to like enjoy my last few moments of, of having a beard yeah. uh, <laughs> while I can, but, but no, I'm good. Um, well, let's talk about our community spotlight for this week. Yes. Um, we have a pretty special one. Um, featuring our friends over at Inside Dance. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we are partnered with Inside Dance Magazine, which is under the umbrella of Inside Publications. They cover everything from gymnastics, um, tumbling, uh, all dance, dance team. So this week we are bringing attention and focus to the Inside Dance Ambassador Program. Now, this is an amazing opportunity for any young dancers out there um, that want to be an example, that want to be a leader. Uh, basically, the program, how it works is you can apply online and they're looking for dancers who are more than just dancers, right? It's it's great to be a good dancer. It's great to go to competition. It's great to win first overall. But what else are you doing with your dance training or even in your community? Um, they're looking for dancers, ages, really all ages, uh, 8 to 18 into that pre-professional level. Um, and this is just a great opportunity uh, to build your resume a little bit. I know a lot of dancers out there are applying for schools, for programs, um, and what better way to build your resume than have Inside Dance Ambassador on there. So in order to apply, uh, there's an online submission form, pretty simple, basic stuff. They just want to know uh, what you're doing with your dancing, um, your social media presence, um, and where you hope to take your dancing. We'll have all the information listed below, so be sure to check it out. Um, or if you know a dancer that would be a great fit for it, feel free to send this information along. Okay, so Taylor, we've been talking about, you know, we love to talk about the good the good and not necessarily the bad, but the funny, I guess, you know, all, <laughs> all the things that are involved with our dance careers and our training and doing different shows and things like that. But yeah, so we really want to get our listeners more involved with us and we really want to hear from you as well. So I know Taylor and I talk at lengths about our embarrassing stories. And There's I, just so many, yeah, so many embarrassing us, we, stories. We have plenty more and I I feel like I have a couple. I'm just still not ready to share. But <laughs> Honestly, you you keep saying that and I'm so excited. It's like the, the it's uh it's like the In the Heights movie that, that kept getting pushed back and I pushed know. back. I'm like, I can't wait for Alex's final embarrassing story. And as I say that, I'm like, I'm not going to share mine but you guys share yours <laughs> but yes along with that we really want to build this sense of community and we feel like the best way to do that is for us to share our stories obviously both success stories and embarrassing but we do want to start with those embarrassing funny moments so let's ring out the laundry it's just like yeah. you know we're all in this together we all trip we all fall we all stumble we all rip our pants on stage yes. um so yeah alex and i have decided we're gonna do a fun little giveaway with our friends at inside dance here's how it works basically you submit you write to us whether email uh instagram Get in touch with us any way that you can uh, and let us know kind of what are some of your your funnier, sillier stories, because I guarantee you somebody else has done it as well. Um, so, Alex, what happens when they submit then? Yes. Once you guys submit, uh, we will kind of choose our favorites or anything, you know, that really we felt connected to or anything that just was something we had never heard before. Um, and in turn, we'll send you guys just a little gift over from Inside Dance Magazine, including some free issues of the magazines, some merchandise, some Ooh. other swag. Ah. Yes, everybody loves some swag. And it just comes with a small price of sending us your, <laughs> your, your fun stories. But again, creating that sense of community 
I think is really, really important, important. And both Taylor and I strive to do that. So yeah. Totally. Yeah, no. And we definitely, we always talk about how dance is so serious and it's such a cutthroat industry and you have to really want it. But at the same time with all of that push, you need to have the pull. You need to not take yourself so seriously. Balance. So yeah, find that balance, both get on your leg and in life. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys and yeah, can't wait to share. Um, and also if you want to be anonymous, that's cool too. If you want to have a stage totally. name, have a stage name, but don't be shy. Um, write to us and win some free things. Yeah. Well, moving right along, we are so excited to welcome our special guest this week, Miss Erica Day. Stick around, you won't want to miss her interview. All right, guys, it's time for our very special guest this week. We are so lucky to have a very dear friend of mine. Erica Day is joining us today on the podcast. She's an incredible dancer with a resume boasting shows like Vegas The Show, Legends in Concert. She has danced everywhere in New York, Las Vegas, and on ships overseas. So please join me in welcoming the very talented, the very sweet, the very good friend of mine, Erica Day. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hi, guys. So good. How are you? Doing well. So happy to see you and have you on today. Um, secretly, I'm excited to share all of our weird inside joke humor <laughs> that you and I have with one another. Guys, we're so weird. Eric and I are, are, are really yeah. odd. But it was um, a it was a it was a friendship at first sight for sure. <laughs> I love that. Should we start with that? I feel like we have yeah, to explain the mom should. story. Okay, so right, yeah. So um, we were in a gig for a rehearsal here in Las Vegas, and I think it was the first time I'd ever met Erica. And yes. we were just like natural, like uh, small talk banter back and forth, and we were talking about like wow, people who like go to Starbucks on the way to rehearsal, like that's just so expensive, and like every time they show up with their coffee. And then she had her Contigo like thermos to go. And I also had my like off brand Walmart, whatever Mug. service. And so we were just joking back and forth and we're like, we're such parents. Like we're such just like, I don't know. Somehow it evolved into us being an old married couple. And within the first day of knowing each other, we started giving each other weird old people nicknames. But the fun thing is the name would change every time. Yeah. yeah. So she'd be like, Ted, how are you? And I'd be like, good, Muriel. How are you? And she'd be like, well, Eustace. Muriel. Yeah, I yeah, don't like, know. Yeah. I'm surprised we know each other's actual names. Honestly, right. to the point where actually, um, we when I got her number later through that rehearsal process, she saved her number in my phone as Erica mom day. So one day I was going to text my mom and I typed in mom and Erica and came up first. <laughs> so he sent so, me a text and he's like, you out, you out mom, you out mommed my mom. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Sorry, Donna. Yeah. yeah so Thanks, anyways, Donna. that's the episode. Thanks guys. Have a great day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so now that everyone thinks that we're actually insane, um, yeah. let's get started. Let's take it from the top. Erica, can you tell Tell our listeners where you're from and how you got into dancing. Yeah. Um, well, first off, thanks for having me. Super excited to uh, to have this conversation. Um, but I am originally from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So I, I think I, I started dancing because my sister was dancing. And I don't know, I was two and was doing the moves better than the six-year-olds. And my parents were like, oh, okay, I think we, I think we need to put her in dance. So they did. And then ever since then, you know, I've just been, I've just been dancing. Yeah, it's stuck. 
and it stuck yeah, it well. Stuck. <laughs> sure did. That's but awesome. Whenever someone says Alberta, all I think of is I'm like obsessed with this girl from The Bachelorette. Um, her name's oh. Kate Caitlin Brick. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And she I talks about. I listen to her podcast, and she talks about Alberta, Alberta, all the time. So I feel like I feel like Fun I've been fact. there. I've never been there. Fun fact: Her mom, Leslie Bristow, used to um, examine me in Al Gilbert tap. Like, okay, so she so I would take tap exams, and she would you know, mark me. Because she, her mom's a dancer and she, yeah. and she just won Dancing with the Stars. And yes. uh, oh yes. my God. Okay. I, I didn't feel weird bringing it up because I felt like there would be some type of connection because Alberta's really small, right? It's like yeah, it, yeah, small-ish. Well, yeah, it is. And so I, I don't know, I don't know where she grew up. I think she might've lived in Edmonton as well because my mom, I said something to my mom like, oh, I'm obsessed with Caitlin Bristow. <laughs> and my mom was saying, because we were watching The Bachelorette and my mom was saying that my sister's best friend was best friends with Caitlin. And I was like, oh, I'm famous. Oh my God. That not is really, so not cool. really. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I love You're it. That's so her. amazing. I have a question and completely kind of off topic, but you mentioned tap exams, which I feel like there's two mm. things in the world that I need to yeah. know. One is a actual like geography test of Canada. Cause I couldn't tell right. you, like, I wish I knew like, what is Montreal compared to in the U S versus uh, Quebec and all those. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. So, so that wait, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Okay. So well, if you were to get on the I-15 going North, you would yes. hit, uh, you would hit Alberta. Like you just go straight. You just, you just keep going. So you, so you go through Utah, Idaho, Montana. And great. You hit great. Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. That's point amazing. one. Yeah. Point yeah. two, all my Canadian friends always talk about exams with their dance yeah. training, like including, Oh, I have my ballet exam or I have X, Y, Z exam. Is that like, like countrywide? Is that a thing? Is that like a board? Like, I don't know. Educate me as a dumb American. So, yeah. So, so ballet wise, I did, um, RAD. So Royal, um, RAD, Royal Academy of Dance. So, okay. uh, I think it, that start, it's, that's in, that's English. Um, but RAD is a type of dance and then <laughs> ballet and then Vaganova, but we did RAD examination. So like from like itty bitty little babies, you prepare for this examination, you go in and they mark you. You're like, you're not with your teacher and you can take it all the way up to, oh, I don't even know how far it goes. And then tap, same thing, Al Gilbert tap. Which Al was like, Gilbert, oh, okay, I know that name, I know that name, yes. Yeah, 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 Shuffle yeah, yeah. step, shuffle yeah. step, yeah. ball change, turn around. Yes, yeah, his, yes, yes, yes. And his voice is epic and like is forever ingrained in my mind. <laughs> if anyone's listening yeah. and you took Al Gilbert tap, you know. So yeah, we would, tap, <laughs> so that we would take tap examinations. I don't know why it's a thing, but it is. Tap and ballet. It makes sense. And there's so much to be said about like, foundation. like, a, a, yeah, well, like a foundation and also like a certification of dance and dance instruction, but that's a whole nother topic we'll get into another day. Totally. But totally. tap is rhythm. And so I feel, I, it's so crazy because I find a lot of students that I teach who have not taken tap before, they struggle with rhythm a lot and I'm teaching yeah. them like how to count. And I feel like when you learn it, tap when you're younger, it, you kind of just get used to those eight counts and you get used to syncopation and it, it's like learning a language. And so I always, I feel like tap and ballet are such good foundations, even if, I mean, Lord knows I did not become a professional tapper. <laughs> Whatever. She's oh, lying. My. Alex is such a good tapper. I only became a good tapper because Michael Williams was like, Alex, College. you're going to be a tapper. Like, Dude, I'm same. I'm going to make you a tapper. But I, I knew it like from growing up, but that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, for anyone who's from Canada, I'm always just so curious. What was your first gig that kind of led you to go to the States or did you go to the States and then get your gig? Okay, like what's yeah. that order so like? So I, I, um, growing up 
wasn't the like the best dancer. Like I was a competition kid and I would place, but I wasn't like, if somebody saw me in their category, they weren't like, Ooh, I have to compete against Erica day. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, Get the marbles. I wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but I loved it the most. And so we would go, my dance teacher was really good at um, providing this opportunity to go to the States. So like we would go to do, we would do NYCDA in LA every fall. Come on, Jill and so Terry. NYCDA. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So same. Yeah, I grew he, up in that whole circuit. So he has said, did he ever say to you, um, that I feel like this statement like has forever changed my life and I'm sure we'll circle back to this at some point in the conversation, but uh-huh. he said, I'll never forget it. He was like, you know, there is always going to be a place for you. If you want to be a professional dancer, he's like, you might not be a backup dancer for Brittany. Oh but yeah. You like, there will always be a place for you in this, in this business. And I just think that that's such a great, um, I think that's such a great concept um, for young dancers to listen to. And it for sure mm-hmm. changed my life. Absolutely. No, so I want that go- speech, like the Joe Lantieri speech, which mark my words, we will get him on this podcast one day, but I want that you speech should. played over like the Rocky theme song. If I'm ever having a bad day, I'm just going to listen to it on loop while doing like yeah. tondus at the bar. So yeah, he's so inspirational. <laughs> so we would go to NYCDA and then we went, um, we went, I did the, their summer intensive in New York and we like stayed at the YMCA. And I think I was probably like 16 and I was like, I'm going to live in New York one day. Like, this is my dream. Like I, and I don't know, my mom was, um, so when I graduated high school, my mom was like, you should go to Ryerson or you should go to, you know, we have two like really good dance schools in Ontario. And I just was like, no, I'm going to the States. I'm not moving to Vancouver. I'm not moving to Toronto. I'm going to live in the United States. I had just this thing that was like, Canada was not going to do it for me. I was leaving. So I don't know if it was living in or if it was visiting New York for NYCDA that kind of like gave me that bug, but it was not something that, um, and I didn't really gig when I was a kid. Like I did, you know, Alberta Ballet's Nutcracker, you know, like little mm-hmm. things like that. But it's, I was from a, Edmonton's kind of a small town and doesn't really have a lot of performing opportunities. So I would say NYCDA probably made me want to dance in the States. I thought it was that's, cool. That's incredible. And honestly, it's a blessing when you have that feeling of like, no, this isn't going to do it for me. I want to do this. Because sometimes it's it's way harder to make decisions when you're kind of like, I don't know, I can go anywhere. And it's like, totally. when you have that feeling of like, no, I'm going to do this, it makes life so much easier because totally. like, you're just so determined you're going to make it work no matter what. I love that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I was always going to go to the States. Always. I don't know. I had a a teacher in grade two and she wrote on my uh, report card, like at the end of the year, when you make it big, think of me. So I think that people always thought that I was maybe going to go, you know, off and do something. I was probably really eccentric and like wild. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's amazing. Wait. So, okay. uh, Fill in the blanks here. I, we moved to New York. Did you go to school in Canada or did you go to school in the States? So I didn't go to school at all. Oh, just, okay. Um, my bad. Yeah. So when I, so when I graduated high school, I was kind of like, had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I had met this person. Um, he adjudicated me in a dance competition. His name is LJ Jellison. And he actually, um, he did tap dogs. He was in the original cast of Wicked. He did, um, he was in Humanity for years. Like him and his wife were amazing. And they kind of like took me under their wing. Mm. And she was doing Rockettes at the time. And so they were like, come, you know, MSA New York is having an audition. Come to New York and audition. So I went to New York and I auditioned and MSA was like, yeah, we want to represent you. So my parents and I went back. This is a hilarious story. My parents and I went back for their like new client, um, you know, fill out your paperwork. And we get to the like social security portion of it. And I like raise my hand and they're, 
I'm like, um, what do you do if you don't have a social security number? And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I'm from Canada. And they're like, we'll talk to you after. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So then that's when I realized I needed an extraordinary talent visa. Like, how did we not know? We're so naive. Like we just thought, yeah, you could just go work in New York. I would have thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so then I realized I needed an extraordinary talent visa. And so then the, the quest for, um, you know, to be able to work in the United States started. I love the term extraordinary talent visa. Just like I, I just like, can you imagine like, mm, sorry, not quite extraordinary enough, but yeah, just uh, ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> Recreationally ordinary. It's fine. But um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's wild. It really is a wild, but, and it's hard to get like when, so, so I, after I did, um, after that happened, I was like, I think we like talked to some sort of immigration lawyer and he was like, well, I don't know if she's some sort of child prodigy, like, you know, she's like worked and, you know, and my dad was like, no. Did you get your note so from your like, second grade teacher and you were like, yeah, I am yeah, told you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to make it big. Right. So, um, uh, I think I, I just first contract on a ship and bless, like that was a learning experience. Um, and then from there, I moved to New York and I did the International Student Visa Program at Broadway Dance Center mm-hmm. with like the sole intent that I was going to meet people that would like me and help me like what, get this visa. What year was that? I'm curious. 2009. I 2009. Think. Okay. A little bit yeah. before. 2009, 2010. I went to, I did the Broadway Dance Center Pro Sem um, program for one day and then I broke my foot. That's so right. I didn't know okay. if that was on okay. the same year. So, or- no, no, no. So you probably, um, they started pro STEM like while I was in the IMPP program. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably, I was probably there a little bit before you. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, let's get, I was there for one day, so it's not like I'm like (laughs) boasting about it on my resume, but yeah. Ginger Cox left pirouette. Oops. I I took her class all the time. She was hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Okay, let's continue on this journey here. We sh- uh, ships back to New York. And then is that when you came to Vegas right after New York? No, no, no. So no. So I, um, I, I lived in New York and I was just like, again, sole intent of people. I don't like who, what person is like, the people are going to like me and they're going to help me. Like, this is how I'm going to get my extraordinary help. But that's what happened. Like, so I got reconnected with MSA. They were like, we'll sponsor your visa. Uh, you know, I found a really amazing immigration lawyer and she's like, these are the letters of recommendation you need to get. You should need to go back out on ships, get a little, a few more contracts. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started working for NCL um, and, you know, was doing aerial for them and, and was a dance captain and met my husband and then submitted my- Jimmy. Um, oh, we love Jimmy. Visa. I know Jimmy. <laughs> He's the best. So then, um, and he was actually, guys, so sweet. Like, so I was in Canada and he had all of my materials to submit my visa and he was in New Jersey at the time. And so he drove into the city with like my stuff and he videoed it the whole time. So he'd be like, sun is shining. I'm about to go through the tunnel. Like you're, you've done it. Like you've put together this application oh my God. I'm in the elevator. and like so sweet. Right. So then, um, he, uh, so I submit my visa and it takes probably like a few months to be accepted and I was really lucky that it was accepted and so I got three years um so after it was accepted I moved to New York and I met with MSA and I was like yes I like living out my dream I'm gonna be in New York and I'm gonna be a dancer and then MSA was like we're so glad that you got here like 
you really need a green card <laughs> because the, 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 the unions had shut out my visa. So she's like, I can't send you to the jobs that you are right for and that you want. She's like, you need to, Lucille was like, you need to, this is before she started her own agency. She's like, you need to move to Las Vegas. Like Lucille was a person who was like, Vegas doesn't have unions. You're going to work there. Like go there. So <laughs> that's amazing. That's what I did. So yeah, New York didn't really work out for me, but Vegas did. Yeah. It's so interesting. And like, God. it's being an international performer. Like I feel like there's like, I think about like entertainment hubs in the, in the world. And obviously you have like the States, you have uh, West End, you have, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of shows over in Macau. Um, but like, I don't really, I, it, it's something as Americans that we are so lucky to have that second nature that we forget all these different hoops that, you know, non us performers, dancers have to go through. And it's crazy how it literally shaped your life in, Hey, you need to go live here so you can work and do these X, Y, Z jobs. And I think it's something that is so beautiful that we all as Americans need to like check ourselves and not take for granted because it's um, yeah, it's, it's so fascinating to me to, to, to hear the story and how life directs you um, in certain ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it wasn't without frustration and tears. Oh, I'm sure. Sorry. Forget, I know, use the term say. direct in a loose way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, I, I remember coming out and being like, okay, well now what, you know what I mean? Now, now what do I do? Do I go to Vegas? And, um, I, but I think it is important to, to I, take those conversations with a grain of salt, but also like, don't give up on your dream, but also it's okay that it gets reshaped, you know? It's totally okay for the path to just be not your first, what you imagined in your head, because you just imagined it. You didn't experience it. So it's okay if the path is, is different than what you were expecting. It doesn't mean it wasn't the right one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's never um, linear. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. No. Well, good on them, though, for I love when people, like, provide a solution. Yeah. Yeah. I hate when people say, oh, this isn't for you. Um, bye. And it's like, yeah. this isn't going <laughs> yeah. to work out. Here is plan B that will work. Like, I love when people provide a well, solution. And I, I mean, at that point, I think I was probably, I was probably 24 or 25. And so I'd been on this journey with Lucille and MSA for like, I don't know, six years at that point, you know wow. what I mean? Back and forth trying to get to New York. And so then I'm sure she was, I'm sure it was not a conversation she wanted to have with me, but I was glad for her honesty. Um, and Vegas has been amazing. Like, I'm so glad that I was able to, uh, I'm glad that I listened and I'm glad that I moved there. Me too. Well, selfishly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I want to dive into a little bit about your time in Vegas and then also how that kind of has catapulted you into this um, new skill that you've kind of acquired. So tell us a little bit about how your Vegas experience has been thus far and then kind of why, um, you have gone, gone to school since then. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's well, amazing. Go, go, going, going to school. But going. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that sure. whole journey there. So Vegas, I think we moved like January of 2017. And like, I want to say it took me, I probably, it probably took me six months to get like established in the community. So by August, I was like working nonstop with gigs and had booked Vegas the show, which was basically the show that I had moved here to do because I'd worked with Tiger on ships and I really liked how his style sat on my body. And so it was just, yeah, that's, it was, seems like a no brainer to come here and to be in Vegas the show. Um, 
and so my time in Vegas was amazing. I mean, I feel like Vegas is really lucky with the, with the community and there's so much opportunity to work and to save money and to have, like, it was a completely different experience from New York. Like the hustle in Mm. New York, there's hustle in two places, right? But the hustle in New York is like, you strap so much stuff into your bag and onto your body and you leave at like 6am and you don't get back till midnight. And you're like, they're yelling at you on the subway because you have to live on the defense. You're living on the defense all the time. Are they a dancer or are they summiting Everest? You'll never know. Give or take some point shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You'll never know. You're prepared for everything. And like, you know, but in Vegas, like you might have a 12 hour day, but at some point in that 12 hour day, you get to go in your car and like not talk to anyone you know what I mean? and be in like your own space. So I, um, I really appreciated that. And like, and the people in Vegas, like, I can't say enough good things. It's just a really nice community of, of performers. Um, so my time in Vegas was great. And then the pandemic hit and it was like, you know, a reassessment, I think for, for the entire world. Um, but I think what really kicked off me going back to school was I got quite injured in the fall of 2019. And that was like the first time in my career that I really um, was faced with, well, if I can't dance, then what do I do? You mm-hmm. know? Um, and that personally really rocked my world. And I had a really hard time with like, and, and maybe not everybody is going to, I think at some point in, in a career, in a specifically a performer's career, you're going to be met with like, if I don't dance, then what do I do? And it might, you might, it might hit you on varying degrees of that scale, but I took it pretty hard and was like, I'm not a dancer. Like, what is my purpose on this planet? Like, why do I exist then? Because this is something I had as a Canadian had worked so hard to overcome like and you have to understand because I wasn't the best when I was little like people in my life in Canada were like you'll never do anything more than a cruise ship now first of all there's nothing wrong with never doing anything more than a cruise ship and second of all why would you say that to somebody you know what I mean so I feel like I overcome a lot of things so um I yeah I got rocked pretty hard with that injury um so I my husband encouraged me like I think you should go talk to somebody like I think you should go see a psychologist and like work through what this is. And so I did. And she changed my life, like completely changed my life. Um, And so when the pandemic hit, I was already kind of in this, like, what do I want to do? And I was taking an event planning course and not loving it. Like that was such an easy transition for me as a performer and things that I was already doing and um, in the industry on the other side, but I just was not passionate about it in a way that I was passionate about dancing. And so then I kind of realized, like, I'm not the only person that's going to go through this pivot in in their lives. And so um, I decided that I kind of wanted to, I wanted to help people. And I wanted to do that through, like, bridging the gap between mental health and the performance industry. And I think there's so many different areas that that can happen. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of why I decided to go back to school. And I have absolutely loved it. But it was not without being really scary. Like before I went back, I really thought that I was going to fail. Um, okay. Really, really thought I was going to fail. <laughs> I, I feel like such a strong connection right now. I am. Um, I'm like very deep into therapy right now. I have been for like the last month and a half. I always am like pretty deep into it, but like I, yes. I go through phases, but mm-hmm. I just had like a breakthrough um, last week 
And my therapist was telling me that I was like shrinking myself and, and like, uh, allowing like what other people say, like what I'm uh, relating back to what you said about people saying, Oh, like all you're going to be able to do is a cruise ship. And that's it. Like people mm-hmm. like dancers, we just get used to like working really yeah. hard and then people just shrink you and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you're only going to do this. And like, it's, it's very like a huge effect. And granted, I've been so blessed, like with people like Taylor and my family and my close group of friends have always been like uplifting to me, but Mm -hmm. like they could be the most uplifting people ever, but it's those other people who like shrink you. And it's Mm -hmm. crazy how much it, as dancers, it affects us. So like Mm -hmm. to hear you saying you want to help people and that you're so into that, I can just imagine that you have such a different perspective and outlook than any other person could have. Cause as dancers, we, we don't really realize how much um, our mental health has been affected by at all people, all sides of everything. So like, well, that's amazing. And I think, you know, for me, um, for me, because like, because in order to do this thing, right. In order to dance in the United States, I gave up doing so many other things. I personally gave up snowboarding because I didn't want to get injured. I gave up playing sports because it was like, well, if I get injured, then I can't pay my bills. I I gave up. Um, so it was like, all I did was dance. And the more I, I, you know, I identified with being a dancer, the more I sunk my entire purpose into performing and into being a dancer. And so then when I got injured, it was like, well, who's Erica? Like what, what value do I have? Because I, I'm a, that's, I'm a dancer. Like that's what I do. And so through therapy and through like going through it, I realized like, no, 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 no. Like I am a dancer, but I am also an amazing friend. I um, have so much to offer this world. And I didn't, I just think because we, we focus on doing this one thing really, really well, we don't, that's our identity. Like we just, we, it's completely wrapped up in, in, in our, in who we are and what we do. And now, and, and so that's kind of one of the things that I want to help change is like, yes, yes, you're a performer and yes, you can work hard and yes, you can like throw your entire self into this. But at the end of the day, you also have to recognize that you are so much more than this one thing. And you have so much more to offer the world than this one thing. Um, yeah. I'm, I like feel very passionately about this. Um, you speak very eloquently about it. I, yeah. <laughs> like I'm very, I'm very like metaphorical and I, I have trouble with my words. <laughs> I speak very elusively and like the way you speak about it, I can tell you're obviously educated in it because it just makes so much sense. It's, Thanks. it's so interesting because it's, I feel like we all as performers, Growing up, you know, you're taught, or at least I've had mentors um, from, you know, master classes that in conventions and that whole circuit of, if you don't want this with every ounce of your being, you're not going to be good enough and you're not going to make it, which is such an unhealthy yep. way to frame anything in, in your life. You know, whether it's your career, your passion, your hobby, you can't put literally all your eggs in one basket um, because then all you're doing is being concerned about not dropping that basket, you know, as opposed to like, realizing that it is 360 it's it's there's a spectrum of um 
of 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 ways. See, now I'm I can't find my words here because I'm talking about eggs and baskets. But you see what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, and then you get pissed because other people who don't who don't care as much as you, other people who maybe haven't put who guess what may succeed more than you, and may and it's not personal. And then you're (laughs) like, what the hell? I'm not. I'm following the recipe, and I care more than Cindy. And I don't know why Cindy's the name that I use. If you're a Cindy out there, I love you. But yeah. it's so, it's so true. But then also on top of that, like, so recently I've really been struggling with like going to auditions, right? Because it's like, I don't want to be competitive. Like, you know what I mean? I just want to go. And if I'm right for the job, then, then hire me. Or if my friend's right for the job, then hire them. Like, I don't want to, but we do this compare like in despair kind of thing. Right. And it's just like kind of a, I feel like a natural thing that happens when you go to auditions, but I want to support other dancers. I want to support their journey, you know? And so it's like, how do we not, how do we approach auditions without being competitive? And it's not like a, it's not a, it's a subconscious thing. I think that that happens, right? Just because you want the work, you want that work more than Cindy because you want to pay your bills. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing. Well, and then you throw in the um, um, emotional aspect of it, of not only is this our job and something that we work towards like on paper, but it's also our, our, our expression and our way of getting in touch with our emotional self. And so there's so many wires that can get crossed. And then you feel sometimes that, oh, if I can't perform, I don't have this way to express myself. And I don't, you know, you're, you're, it's, I think dancers are, are cursed with a double-edged sword of where we are so emotionally intelligent from a young age, you know, having to be like, mm-hmm. find them more than the movement. And you're like nine doing a lyrical solo, but like trying to find ways to really tap into more than just surface level thoughts and movements. But then that again can be a lot to deal with because then you're nine and you know, you're dealing with all these different emotions and what is this and digging into some deeper level things. So it's so tricky. I, we're so blessed and we're so cursed at the same time with this, mm-hmm. this profession. Right. But okay. I want to bring this back to you, Erica. So what, what is your, um, your game plan? Like in the next, I don't know, your five-year plan with, with this, uh, mental health dance journey. So I didn't go to school right away. So I'm just getting my undergrad in psychology, finished my first year of college guys. But Yay. Really but yeah, I know it was really exciting because I really did struggle like with my, with my own therapist. I was like, I can't go back to school. Like I'm dumb and I will fail. And she was like, okay, like, you know, you're not, <laughs> but like, so we worked through that. And then I went back to school and I, like, I think because we're performers and because we have this insane work ethic, like we have such unique skills. So if you're listening to this and you don't know what you want to do with your life, like just, just take a step forward. You know what I mean? Like try something and find this like love of learning in anything because you don't have to marry it. Just try something and you're going to succeed. And then you'll find out maybe this isn't for me, or maybe I really love this. You know, I started in events and ended it, ended up in psychology and I, I really, um, anyways, I just, I think it's, it's cool to learn. And so I just, that's my thing. Um, so yeah, I, I will have three more years of finishing my undergrad and then I want to get a master's in counseling. Cause I would like to work one-on-one with, um, performers or athletes specifically in, you know, some, what they overcome, like something that I'm really passionate about right now is, I, I love that people are trying to talk about mental health right now in, in the performance world, but I think it's tricky because if you haven't gone to school and you don't have the right um, uh, credentials in order to do that, 
like, then you don't really have any business counseling somebody, right? We have to be really careful about that and not, um, I think it's important to be educated. Um, so I'm very passionate about yes, life coach. That's great. But like, let's be careful about the conversations that we're having because, um, education is important. And there is a reason that you have to go through five. I have to go through five more years of school before I counsel someone. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot that's of, kind it's of what, like the language that, that you use is like training the language. Cause there, you have to learn how to speak and like connect with those people. And you can't just say whatever you let's say random words. Cause it'll be misconstrued. Totally. It, it's a thing. It's like this, it's this whole other world and there are different types of therapies and, you know, one might work for one patient, but it's not going to work for another. And so, mm. um, I, uh, so I have five more years of school, really. I have, three more to get my undergrad and then another two for a master's. And I used to find that very daunting, but I'm just taking it two years at a time. And sort of just like, this is something I'm doing. I'm in, I'm in math class right now and I don't love it, but I'm doing it. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my five-year plan. And I was, I was saying to my own therapist, I was like, I really still want to be a part of this conversation. So it's really cool that this happened then. Like I said this to her like a month ago. And so then when I saw Taylor and she's like, what are you doing with your life? So I told them it's cool that I can then start to have these conversations with people just to make people kind of, I think, aware, um, that it's a, that we can talk about mental health and we can have a conversation about, what it's like to audition or what it's like to pivot, you know, in the industry or go back to school or, you know, and people can connect with those stories. I guess. And not letting our performance mind bleed so much into our, our regular life. Cause or the, dictate or, or dictate control. Anything. And yeah, it's, 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 it's a crazy road to navigate, but Erica, I'm so like proud of you as a friend, because I know this is Thanks. something that everyone struggles with no matter what your profession is. But again, because we're so intertwined with our passion, our career, our hobby, and our form of expression, it can get very daunting and can get very overwhelming. So I think Mm -hmm. this is so necessary. And I just, I have to give you a big congratulations because I know it's also um, daunting to start this journey, but I'm, I'm so excited and I, I, it's so necessary that I know you're going to be successful. And thank you. So, That's huge. Thanks. You should be so proud of yourself. That's seriously thanks, amazing. Guys. Thanks guys. And if anyone's like listening to this and you know, you feel like you're in like a, a rough place with dance and you're in a rough place with performing, like, you know, maybe, maybe talk to a, a therapist because I think that is very helpful. And it was very helpful for me. And it sounds like it's been helpful for you, Alex. And, um, it was, it's, it's scary to kind of like put yourself out there and take that first step into therapy, but like very beneficial and just know that you're not alone in that, in, in what you're going through. I think that's the other thing, the conversation that we need to have is like, we all probably will experience this at some point in our lives. And so you're not alone in feeling, um, I don't know. What's the word to describe? You're not <laughs> confused, I guess, about yeah. about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, it's fun. It's fun describing dance situations to your therapist. <laughs> Sometimes, so she'll be like, I'll, "I'll tell her a story," and she'll be like, oh. <laughs> "You know, like she's like, yeah, that's normal." Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I love I it. Like, I feel like my therapist actually has like worked with a lot of other performers, so I don't think I was her first one. So I think she's kind of like prepared for some of the stories that I've told her. But you know, 
That's amazing. Erica, we cannot thank you enough. Honestly, it was just so good to see your face and to catch up with you, but um, really, really excited for you and the big things that are happening. Um, so if uh, our friends, if our listeners want to follow you on social media, what's the best way to do that? Erica Catherine. <laughs> there's a funny story behind this one too. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Erica Catherine, also spelled as Erica the Rain. <laughs> Erica the Rain. Anyways, to yeah, avoid confusion, it. we will post we will post her Instagram handle below. But Erica, thank you again so much. Thanks, it's friend. great to see you. Stay well. Safe travels back from Canada. And I look Thanks. forward to having weird mom and dad coffee talks in rehearsal room soon. Same. Thanks, Seriously, thank you so much, Erica. We really appreciate your time. It's so good to meet you, Alex. So nice meeting you too.